It's, uh, it's great to be with you this evening. Thank you for joining with us as we celebrate Christmas, as we hear readings from Scripture, as we sing carols, as we hear songs, maybe that are new to us. Uh, and a huge thank you to the choir, to the musicians, to uh, everyone who has facilitated this evening's service so far, to the audiovisual team, those providing refreshments, those who've made this space uh, workable for us tonight. So thank you so much. So many have given time and talent and energy and planning and all of that to, to help us consider and to celebrate Christmas. So thank you to all who've been involved. I was really struck by an article uh, that I read recently listing 10 reasons that we celebrate Christmas. I wonder if you were creating that list, what would be on your top 10 reasons why we celebrate Christmas? Uh, certainly some of these might appear, this is not all 10 and this is in no particular order, but this is just a snapshot of that list that I find. And when you find things online, you're never quite sure how it's going to turn out, but stick with me and it'll be okay. Here are just four of the things that this, uh, this article had said, 10 reasons to celebrate Christmas. Firstly, to create happy memories that will last a lifetime. Secondly, to decorate our homes and our workplaces. Thirdly, to give and receive gifts. Fourth, to watch holiday movies and television programs. You can tell by the spelling that this was an American uh, article. And I think, it's, I think it's interesting. There are many reasons, and certainly celebrating Christmas can take many forms. But what, what struck me about this article was the first thing on the list. And their article was done in order of priority. And the first thing that they suggested was the reason we celebrate Christmas is to remember and celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. And as Christians, we want to say a hearty amen to that, that we remember and celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. Uh, throughout December, we've been trying to unpack that in our Sunday morning services through a teaching series that we've been calling Come and Behold Him. That's not just a wonderful line from a hymn that we'll sing at the end of our service, but it, is also, help, it also helps us to get to the heart of Christmas. Come and behold Him. As we celebrate Christmas, we want to remember and celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. You see, Christmas is, as Andy Williams sang, indeed the most wonderful time of the year because of who we celebrate. Because of who we believe Jesus Christ to truly be. Because of the life-changing reality that he came. And so if you want to get to the heart of why Christmas is so important, we've got to look at the one in the manger. We've got to come and behold him. The baby whose birth we remember and celebrate. Remember who he is and therefore consider, why does it matter that he came? And as we've been looking at in our Sunday morning services so far this month, we've seen that he is the promised one. He is the divine one. And this morning we thought about him as the guiding one. And those things have been evident in our readings so far this evening, haven't they? The promised one, the divine one, the guiding one. Certainly Christine, as she opened by leading us through those readings from the prophets, written Oh, about 700 years before Jesus actually came, yet they, they lay, lay out for us as God spoke to his prophets about the one he would send, the Messiah, the one who would come to save from sin. And God told his people where that child would be born, told his people where that child may spend some time as they grew up, told his people the reality that he would be born of a virgin and that he would indeed be born in that historically significant place of Bethlehem. And all of those promises, as we look at the one in the manger, we see them fulfilled. He was the promised one. He is the divine one. And we saw that through the words that the angel announces to both Mary and Joseph, don't we? As the angel visits Mary, 
We read that the Holy Spirit will come on you, the angel said, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And then when Joseph is being spoken to, he's assured by the reality of what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. See, this baby that was to be born was no ordinary baby. This was Almighty God coming into the universe that he created and stepping into the very molecules of life. And it's remarkable. It's summed up beautifully in a hymn that we're not going to sing tonight, but it's a hymn by a group called Sovereign Grace. And the hymn is called, How Low Was Our Redeemer Brought? And these words struck me as it was on my playlist again this week. The Lord the world's obeyed would stumble as he learned to walk upon the ground he made. I think sometimes we can picture Jesus in the manger. We can picture then Jesus as a grown-up. But to, to think of him learning how to walk, being nurtured by his earthly mom and dad, this is the divine one who took on human flesh. And it's remarkable. It is indeed the wonder of the incarnation that God himself would humble himself to come and be among us. As we've been singing, he is our Emmanuel. He is God with us. And God knew that the greatest need of all humanity was the sin that keeps us from him. And so he promised, as we read in, Joseph, in Matthew chapter 1, as the angel spoke to Joseph, we read there that they were to call him Jesus because he would save his people from their sins. This baby who was coming was the one who could indeed save people from sin because he was divine. And so he is indeed the divine one, the God who took on flesh, knowing that as he took on flesh and came as a baby, his mission was to die, ultimately to take the place of sinners because of the great love that God has for his world. And so he came, the divine one wrapped in a manger. He's the promised one. He's the divine one. And then as we think about the readings that we've heard of the angels, the shepherds, and the magi, we see that this baby is the celebrated one. He's the worshipped one. He's the adored one. But we'll think about as we celebrate Christmas, let's celebrate the one who Christmas is all about. He is the celebrated one. He's the, he is the one that they come to worship. He is the one that they come to adore. That's why the angel explains to the shepherds in Luke chapter 2 that I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people because a savior has been born to you in David's time. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And then this great company join in with that one announcing the angel and they sing this wonderful song, glory to God in the highest. The birth of this baby brings great celebrations. Then the shepherds run and find things exactly as they were told. And on their way back to the fields, we're told that they glorify God. They praise him for all that they had heard and seen. This baby brings joy and brings celebration because of who he is and what he's come to do. And then we have the Magi who come that Lynette read for us. And so the Magi arrive sometime later and they join in the celebrations. Matthew 2 records their journey for us. They see the star. They come searching to Jerusalem for the newborn king. And then they find him in Bethlehem and they come and they celebrate. Matthew 2 verse 11 says that they bowed down and worshipped him. They opened up their treasures, presented him with gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And in some ways we might look at this and think this feels very lavish to come to a baby with these, ex these um, extravagant gifts. But the reason why the Magi respond in this way, the reason why they celebrate in this way it's because they understand who this child is, that he is the king of the Jews, that title in the Bible that means the Messiah that was to come. 
And what brought about this emotional reaction, we might think, as they come to the baby? Well, it was the joy that the Magi knew at the birth of this child. In verse 10, the NIV has that as, when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. I actually prefer the ESV rendering of this, which said, when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And so why do they celebrate this baby so extravagantly? Because of the joy they know because of who he is. If he has come, then that is a joyous occasion. As the angels had said to the shepherds, this was good good news that will cause great joy. And so any offering that they could bring to this child was worth their time, their effort, their treasures, everything they had. I suppose as we think about how we celebrate Christmas, and we'll do it, many of us have done it for many years, more years than we would care to admit. But as we celebrate Christmas again this year, I'd love to challenge us with the example that the Magi lay for us. Because they recognize the one in the manger. And I wonder as we celebrate Christmas once again, do we do that? Will we do that? Because if he is the one displayed in Scripture, if he is the promised one, the divine one, the guiding one, the worshipped, celebrated one, as we'll see next Sunday morning, if he is the saving one, then if this is who he truly is, then, then we must do something with it. We must respond to him. Because if this is who he is, then we need to take seriously what he said about himself, what he said about our need of him. If he came to save his people from their sin, well, what is that? Why do I need rescue? And the Bible tells us the answer. That sin separates us from a holy God. And so he sends the Messiah, the one to rescue and redeem us so that we could know forgiveness from sin and life in all its fullness for now and for all eternity. And so as you think about celebrating Christmas this year, can I invite you that you do that by coming and beholding the one in the manger, the one who came to save, the one who is full of grace and truth and love and mercy, the one who deserves our all in response to the enormity of what he has done, that God has come to be with us, to show us his great love by taking our place and taking the penalty of sin upon himself so that we would be saved by faith in him. This is a wonderful, no wonder the angels say this will cause great joy, because it should. And if you know him as your Lord and Savior, then as you celebrate Christmas again this year, let the wonder of who he is wash over you once more. Come and behold him. See him for who he truly is. And may that bring joy and celebration from your heart. And so as we come towards the end of our service and are propelled towards Christmas Day, let's come and behold him. Let's truly celebrate him. The one who was promised, the divine one, the God who took on flesh, the one who came to save us from sin, the one who is worthy of our all because of all that he has done for us. The choir are going to lead us in singing, Behold the Lamb of God, as we reflect on what we've heard from God's word, and then we'll stand together to sing, O come, all ye faithful.